This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com it is a great honor to have with us at this very special night Hagoyen Reb Daniel Gladstein Rav Kihilas Tiferes Mordechai of Cedarhurst, New York an author of five Sephorim and Loshon HaKodesh including the newest one that came out today. Released today, Magid HaVokiyah and Sefer Shemois. So that alone is Mamesh Zeh Ayoyim Osa Adrinoin Ogilo Venismechovoy Tzasa Sefer. Besides Rabbi Glastin having thousands and thousands of shiurim all over Torah anytime and many, many, many more. But the tremendous Abbotah Satoyo of Talmideyem and Talmidei Talmideyem all over the world. The tremendous, tremendous, the tremendous Oira Toyo that's brought into the world, the Roshusoy of Agoyim of Daniel Blastin. His mamish loy, it's hard to to hold. Bali tu, every word of Toyo. Imagine one shio. Imagine thousands of shiurim all over the globe. And having Rabbi Gladstein here tonight with us, the tremendous chus. It's the second time here in Netzach Yisrael. And this itself over here. Yeshiva Snetzach Yisrael goes back for so many years. So the roots, the Shangoshim of this place represents Mamish Dede Oilom of Gustman Zechetzadik Livroche Geoina Geoinim. So to continue that tremendous legacy of Toiro, of Dede Oilom and such a Mokom Kodesh by such tremendous renowned going with Toiro is a tremendous Zechus and all of this, Shemamish, should continue the Kaddishem Shemayim. Before we ask Rabbi Glaskin to come up, I want to ask my father to represent all the sponsors of the shield. Yeah? Very quickly. Shabbat. Station break here for the uh, commercial. <laughs> uh, very quickly, we'll run through uh, the sponsors. There are many sponsors. <coughs> it seems uh, the f- uh, some I don't I don't know if I was supposed to read it, but I have it. Okay. The first sponsor is apparently my wife and I. <laughs> On the occasion oh, of my birthday, which is tonight. Thirty ninth birthday. <laughs> now, I remember I was uh, about um, forty odd years ago. No, maybe it was thirty years ago. I was at a, uh, a simcha of. Uh, one of the uh, Bachurim was learning with uh, one of my sons, and there's a lot of dancing. After the Rosh Hashim, he said, Wow, there's really some dancing. Uh, how old are you? Oh, I guess at the time I was about uh, <laughs> maybe about 60. So I said, uh, I'm 39. Oh, 39, he said. 
And this is the way you're able to dance. I said, really, I generally tell people I'm 29. But uh, <laughs> since you know my son, I can't get away with it. All right, anyway. And uh, the blessing, I guess this will be my wife, that I should continue to be active in teaching Sefer Mishlei with Perush, Agrar, Rashi, Mitsudos, all kinds of forcing. I give a shiur every night over the phone to the members of my family, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and then we sing a song afterwards. Okay. Next sponsor, Rabbi Aaron Dostan of Yibane of Yerushalayim, then Dr. Neil and Miriam Cowell from Shari Chesed in honor of our friend of Yehudi German. <laughs> See, everywhere. Okay. Then May and Leigh Danziger of Shari Chesed and formerly of Lakewood in honor of Rabbi Gladstein and his incredible Tarash Urim. Oh, then we have here. He looks half sleep. <laughs> Zelig and Heidi Wolf from the Luinishmat of uh, uh, Peretz Ben uh, Avraham, Zelig's father, and the Yotzites on the 8th of Kislev. Zelig should have a long life. He's a very honored member of uh, our community, big Torah scholar, Baal Chesed. Amit and Sarah Moore from the Bahamas, daughter and son-in-law of my wife and I, oh, in honor of the fir- their father's birthday, Jusei slave. Likewise, Yehuda and Rachel Schulz of Hollywood, Florida. And also, my daughter and her husband. <coughs> Happy birthday. Then we have uh, Eliezer Ganut from Bart, uh, Beitar Elite, the first Shlema, the Zivug Hagun, the Bluma Bat Asa. Then uh, Alon and Kira, Kira Yaakov from Anana, Nachas from their children, a lot of Nachas, and uh, Briut Etana for Levi Yitzhak. From Rabbi Menachem Khanan of Melbourne, Australia. From Eluna Shama for uh, Rav Mordechai Goldstein, who was the Rosh Hashiva of the Diaspora Shiva, who was one of the Gedolei Hamakaravim of Klal Yisrael. And the bracha and uh, Hatzacha for the whole human family is another one pitching in. It spreads so much terror in Klal Yisrael. Okay. Uh, Oh, almost finished. Then Dr. Avram Levy of Ramat Beit Shemesh from the Illuminate Shabbat for his father, Aaron Ben Shaul Menachem, and of course a long life for Dr. Avram Levy. Then Rabbi Jerry and Yaffa Miller of Yerushalayim on the upcoming wedding of their son Shemaya. And in honor of Rabbi Gladstein's Torah. Then Dr. Philip Kaplan of Ranana. In honor of Rabbi Gladstein. I've got a lot of fans there, Rabbi. <laughs> then Elaine and Leonard Chazan from Ranana. And thank you to Hashem on Leonard's recent recovery from surgery. Oh, big refuel shlema. Oh, and last but not least, Rabbi Avrami and Mrs. Chana Kitov of Kitov Sakhra Seminary. Got a few fans there. <laughs> oh, and why, why, what's so special? In honor of Hannah's father. Oh, that's me. <laughs> okay. For a uh, happy birthday. Okay. We have a lot of fans. Thank you. <laughs> How are you Thank you. Oops. Okay. That's not If anybody else would like to make a few introductory comments, now's your chance. <laughs>
Rabbi Shabda, you took my share. Welcome everybody, what a great tzuchus it is to be here in Yerushalayim. Thank you again to all the sponsors, especially to Mishpachas Herman. Mazel Tov and happy birthday to Rabbi Shabtai. Shabbi Gezint and Nachas to Kedusha from your home Mishpacha, together with the Rebetzin. Rebetzin Herman is single-handedly responsible for bringing me here this evening. This is many, many weeks and months in preparation to secure the right location and the right time and secure all the right individuals to make this happen. Bershus Hagoyin Reb Shmuel, the Rosh Koylel of the Shadenstein Koylel. Last time, last year, I spoke before Purim and now I'm here before Hanukkah. And we know there's a commonality between Purim and Hanukkah. These are two Yamim Toivim that are Durabonon. And I would like to begin this evening by examining a few details of the Al-Hanisim. Which, by the way, who wrote the Al-Hanisim? La-Hanisim, it's between the Kolboy and the Roikeach, exactly how many words are in Al-Hanisim. Whether there are 124 words in Al-Hanisim, or 125 words in Al-Hanisim. But everybody agrees it was written by Yoichanan Kahingado. Yoichanan is Gematria 125. And either he wrote 125 words, Keminyan Shemai, or he wrote 124 words, one less than Shemai, Mithnei Anbesanusai. And there's an expression in the Alanisim which is very difficult. In Alanisim we say, That through the miracle of Hanukkah you performed and you created a great name in your world. And for your people, Israel, Klal Yisrael, you made a great salvation, Uporkan and redemption, as of today. What does that mean, as of today? It's not happening, that's not tomorrow, and it's not yesterday. What does that mean, what do these words in Al-Anisim add? Kehayoyim Hazeh asks Hagoyim Rav Shleim in his Perush on the Siddur. Now where do you find the Perush of Rav Shleim Kluger on the Siddur? It's in the Rav Yaakov Emden Siddur. But it's not in the old print of Rav Yaakov Emden Siddur. And it's also not in the new print of Rav Yaakov Emden Siddur. But there is an intermediary print of the Rav Yaakov Emden Siddur, which basically you can't really get. It's on Oitzer HaChachma where it's printed, Rav Shlomo Kluger's Ha'aras and Al Anisim, and there Rav Shlomo Kluger asks this question, and another very important question. The Gemara Nchulin Adav Kuf Lametes. The Gemara Nchulin is talking about the miracle of Purim. And the Gemara asks, you know, the main figures in the Purim story, Haman, Mardachai, Esther, where are they alluded to in the Torah? So the Gemara asks, Haman minatayra minayin. Hameno eitz. Esther minatayra minayin. Vanoichi haster haster panay. Mardechai minatayra minayin. Mardarar. Fractor of Shleim Kluger, what about Chanukah? What about Yoichanon minatayra minayin? What about Antiochus minatayra minayin? What about all the great heroes of Chanukah? Why does the Gemara not seek? To find an allusion to the great personalities of Hanukkah and the Torah. Why only Haman, Mardachai, Esther? Why not Yoichanan, Matasyohu, Menatayim, Inayin? The Gemara Masech Yuma makes a very interesting comment. The Gemara says, why is Esther compared to Ayelas HaShachar, to the morning star? What parak is that in Tehillim? What? 22. Reb Neil Kowal, my good friend from 
Eretz Yisrael and from Boston. He was one of the first pioneers on our trips, right? We went to Sochachov together. 22, Esther is compared to the morning star. That just like the morning star is the end of the night, Esther is the last miracle. Vrek the Gemara, the Gemara asks, what do you mean it's the last miracle? Chanukah came after Purim. Says the Gemara, Nitna likosev kamrinan. We're talking about miracles that you're allowed to write. You can't record Chanukah. Chanukah is not recorded. Why not? Why can't Chanukah be recorded? What's the problem recording Chanukah? It's as if Chanukah cannot be in the written text. Now I want to ask you a question. This is a question I never thought about until this year. And this year, I've learned Chumash with Rashi in the past. This year I said, okay, when I learned Chumash with Rashi, I'm going to bring with me a pen and a paper. It changed my life. Because whenever you learn, you always have ha'aras, you have thoughts, you have machshavais. But then two minutes later, it's kachaloim ya'of. So I started to write down, this kasha is such a good question. It's the best question you ever heard it. And if you don't agree, then don't say anything. This is this question out of this world. So there's this big vikuah, there's a big conversation thing, taking place uh, about the first shidduch in history. Yitzchak and Rivka, but Yitzchak's not there. He sent the Shadchan. So you imagine Eliezer sitting on one side of the table, and on the other side of the table you got your uncle Lavan, your Zayda Basuel, and there's a big conversation taking place. And your uncle says to Eliezer, No, why don't you have a little cholent? And we know what was inside that cholent. And Eliezer said, No, Let's talk first. And Chazal say the Malach came and started repositioning the food. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation, Vayan Achiha Ve'ima! Rashi says, What do you mean Achiha Ve'ima? What happened to Besua? What about Aviha Ve'ima Ve'achiha? Says Rashi, the Malach came and killed Besua. So just imagine, Eliezer's one side on the table. You had Besuel straight ahead, Lavan and the mother. All of a sudden, Besuel, right? He kills over. He's dead. So now, what happens? The conversation continues, like nobody's business. So they said, they, they say, let's call Rivka to see if Rivka wants to marry the guy. So they call Rivka in, and they say, Rivka, you want to marry the guy? And Rivka says, I'm going to go even if you don't let and they say, maybe, maybe keep her a couple months, maybe keep her a year. And she says, oh, I'm going now. And they send her away. Meanwhile, he's dead on the floor. The man is dead on the floor. Could we, get, could we find out? Did they call the Chavar Kadisha? Did they put him in the closet? Did they put him under the rug? Did they put a bag over his head? I mean, he, the father, the main, the main decider of whether the daughter is going to go through with the Shidduch, he's lying there dead on the floor. Was there a Hesed? Was there a Shiva? Did they call Masaskim? What happened? Was there a Tara? The father died. Could you tell me what happened to him? No. It continues as usual as if nothing happened. Well, he was lying there. Did, did they ever remove him? Is he still on the floor now? Maybe, he could, maybe, maybe that would be a nice teal. We'll go to Haran to see Basuel on the floor. What happened to him? Maybe they, say, they, they should have said, you know what, Eliezer? Before we continue with this conversation, let's have a moment of silence for the dead father. No. Continues like nothing happened. What's going on over here? Have another kasha. This week's parsha. So Yaakov goes to Haran. And the Pasuk says he's headed to the Harabayas, and he passes by the Harabayas, and he forgets to Davin, and he says, Oy vai, mokum shuspalu avoisai v'loyispalauti, yohavdaitein l'mahadar, he heads back, and the Harabayas jumps toward him. Vayishkav v'amokum ha'hu, says Rashi Loshen Miot, v'oisoy mokum shachav, avoyodalit shonah sheshimesh v'veis ever, v'loyishachav v'layla. The 14 years in Yeshiva Sheva Ever, he didn't sleep. Why? Shahaya Oisek Batayra. He was learning. 
Do you know how many Rashi's there are in Chumash? That Rashi says, now let's make a calculation based on the life of Yishmael. It comes out, we're missing 14 years. So what happened to those 14 years? Says Rashi, it must be. Yaakov Avinu was learning. Rashi says this at the end of Chayi Sarah. Rashi says this in Taldais. Lamadata she'achar she'kibal habrachais nitman b'beisever. Shouldn't there be a Pasuk in Chumash that says, Vayelech Yaakov el yeshiva shem ve'ever Vayel matsham yudalet shana V'loi shochav balayla V'loi shochav b'yoyim V'loi holach el ha'kofi rum Shouldn't we have a Pasuk that says in Chumash that Yaakov Avinu learned for 14 years? By the way, Ramosha Feinstein asked this kasha, and he says, from here we see the great Yisoyed. Last night we were by the kever of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, I'm lamadato toira harbe al tachsik toiva la'atzmecha ki lekach no yitzarta. If you learn a lot of Torah, don't give yourself credit. That's what you were created for. Where do we learn that from? From the fact the Torah never says that Yaakov learned. Of course he's learning. Do we need to say he was breathing? Do we need to say that he was alive? If you're alive, kilakach noitzarta. But still, it's a question. Why every time the Torah refers to the 14 years of Yaakov learning in Shiva Shem Be'ever, it never says explicitly he was learning. It sort of jumps through hoops so that you have to figure out, well, he slept here, but he didn't sleep somewhere else. Yishmael lived X amount of years. From there we could figure out Yaakov Avinu was learning for 14 years in Yeshiva Shem Eber. Is there something wrong to say that somebody is learning? I mean, I would think that's complimentary of Yaakov Avinu. Why can't the Torah say explicitly he was learning? So the best question you'll ever hear was what went on, what's with Terach? How could it be the man just died and the story continues? Exactly. <laughs> and what about, this is the second best question you'll hear. So Esav is looking all over for Yaakov Avinu. Now where does Yaakov Avinu always stay? Where does he, the man is in yeshiva day and night. That's what he did his entire life. He never went anywhere else. Yaakov didn't go bowling. Yaakov didn't go to Yulim. Or anywhere else. He was in Yeshiva. He was Yoishev Oyholem. Yeshiva Shem, Yeshiva Eber. So where exactly is Esau looking for Yaakov that he can't find him? Where are these Mekoymois that Esau is searching for Yaakov? You know, I, I searched everywhere. Hey, Esau, try Yeshiva Shem Eber. Oh, I didn't think of that. Where did he think Yaakov would be? That's where Yaakov you know, always was. He never went anywhere else. Why can't Esav find Yaakov Avinu? <coughs> the end of Parshas Noyach, the Torah says, Vayamas Terach Becharan. So Rashi says, what do you mean Vayamas Terach Becharan? Terach didn't die yet. Who remembers? How old was Terach when Avraham was born? He's 70. How old was Avraham when Avraham left Charan? 75. That makes Terach 145. How old was Terach when Terach died? 205. So why did the Torah kill Terach 60 years before he died? Vayomas Terach Bechara. No, he didn't. He didn't die yet. He's still going to live another 60 years. Says Rashi, it's true, Terach was still alive. But the Torah couldn't write that Terach was still alive and have people think that Terach was still alive because then people are going to ask, Yaakov Avinu left an aging, dying father at, 100, at 205 years? That Avram Avinu left his father? How could he leave his aging father? That's not nice of Avram Avinu. So what does the Torah say? The Torah says, Terach is dead. And therefore, nobody's going to have a kasha. How could Avram Avinu leave his father? Because people are going to read in the Torah that Terach died. And people are going to say, Oh, Avram only left after Terach died. Are you familiar with this Rashi? Remember this Rashi? So Rashi says Terach died even though he was alive. So people don't criticize Avram Avinu. So imagine, you're living in Mesopotamia. And... Avram Avinu books to Haran, 
and you knock on Terach's door and you say, Terach, where's your son Avram? Terach says, oh, Avraham left. And you're about to think, you know, why would Avraham leave an aging father? But then you open up the Schottenstein edition of the Chumash and there it says Avraham left Terach when Terach died. So you look at Terach and he's alive and breathing. But then you look in the Schattenstein Chumash and you see that, he's, that Terach is still alive. That Terach died. So you say, okay, even though it looks like Terach is alive, but it says in the Chumash that he's died, so he must be di- dead. So you say, Terach, I'm so sorry that you died. Have a great day. Have a life. What's going on here? People got their news from the Chumash. There were, there were people who were alive in the time of Terach. They saw the man is still alive. They see Avraham forsook him. And there was no Chumash back in the time of Terach to begin with. So what's Rashi talking about? So that nobody criticizes Avram that Avram left an aging father. The Torah wrote that Terach died. Who exactly is going to criticize Avram? We're going to criticize Avram? We're not going to criticize him. The people who were alive in the times of Chumash, they didn't have the Chumash. And if they had the Chumash, how are they going to reconcile the fact that Terach was breathing with the text of the Chumash? There's another Rashi, next week's parasha, by Yishlach. Does the Torah ever record the death of Rivka Yimeno? No, it doesn't say anywhere that Rivka Yimeno died. It says that Yaakov was coming back to Eretz Yisrael. And Vatamos Devoira Menekes Rivka, Vatikover Mitachas Lebeisel, Tachas Ha'ila. That Yaakov Avinu came to the Leviah of Devaira, Devaira died. So Rashi's bothered, Aloin Bachus is Lashon Rabim. Someone else died besides Rivka. Says Rashi, who else besides Devaira? Who else died besides Devaira? Rivka. Ask Rashi, why doesn't the Torah say that Rivka died? Says Rashi, the Torah hides the fact that Rivka died so that nobody curses the womb that produced Esav. This way nobody knows that Rivka died. What's Rashi talking about? So you're living there in, in the, ancient, the ancient land of the Hebrews and you're walking down the street and you see them carrying the coffin and you say, who's inside? Rivka. And you're about to curse... No, but the Torah doesn't say she died. So therefore, it, therefore what? You see that she's not alive. Of what relevance is it that the Torah doesn't record that Rivka died? The reality is she's not alive. So what do these Rashis mean? What's Rashi talking about? The Torah says Terach died, even though he didn't, so no one criticizes Avram. But everybody knows Terach is still alive. Everybody knows Rivka dies. What, what is Rashi talking about? So let's talk about the following question. What's the most important concept in the Torah? The most important Yisoyed in the Torah is that Oilam Haba. That this world is a corridor before the world to come. That this world is a preparation, a hallway before the great palace of Oilam Haba. How many times is that Yisoyed spoken about in the Chumash? How many times does the Torah talk about Olam Haba? It's not mentioned. The Torah doesn't talk about Olam Haba. Why doesn't the Torah talk about Olam Haba? That's the Yisoyed, HaChasidus, V'Shoyresh, Ho'Avoida, HaTamimahi, SheYisbarer, V'Yisameitz, Eitzel HaAdam, MaChayvasay Ba'Olamay. So why does the Chumash not say why doesn't the Torah talk about Olam Haba? So the Kliyakar gives ten answers in Parashas Bechukaisai. Says of Aaron Cutler, there's a very simple answer. The answer is Estakel Ba'oraisa Ubara Alma. What is the Chumash? What is the Torah? The Torah is the blueprint of reality. The Torah is the architectural plans of creation. So if you hired an architect. And then you came to the building and you said, Hey, Mr. Architect, why is there no basement in the building? 
Why didn't the builders build a basement? And then you look at the architectural plans because it wasn't drawn up. Or if you wanted a den and you see no den was built, and then you look at the plans and there was no den in the plans, you understand why it wasn't built. The Torah is the architectural plan of reality. Whatever is in the Chumash is an open reality. Whatever is not in the Chumash is not in perceivable reality. The Rebbe deemed that it is not possible for a human being while alive to see and recognize and perceive Olam Haba. And therefore Olam Haba cannot be in the Chumash. Because if it's going to be in the Chumash, then Ayin Rasa. But the Rebbe Hashem wants Ayin Loi Rasa. The Rebbe Hashem wants that we should not be able to see with our human eyes, Olam Abba, so it can't be spoken about openly in the text. Whatever is open in the text is open in reality. What's not open in the text is not open reality. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It could be spoken about in the Tar Shabbat Peh. It could be inferred. It could be implied. Whatever is implied is in a more... Concealed reality. Whatever is stated is in an open reality. So therefore, Olam Abba is not spoken about because it's not perceived openly. That's the aside of the Zayar HaKadosh. Estakel ba'oyraisa ubara alma. How did the Rebbe Hashem create the world? The Nefesh HaChayim explains. The Rebbe opened up the text and he read, Bereshis bara Elohim. And he said the words, Eis HaShamayim. And the Shamayim appeared. The Eis HaAretz. And the Aretz appeared. And the Rebbe created parents through the midst of Kibbutz Avaim. And the Rebbe created a Zraya through the midst of Tefillin. And the Rebbe created a Guf through the midst of Tzitzis. And the Rebbe created birds through the midst of Shiloh HaKain. The Torah creates reality. Whatever is not in the Torah, whatever is not spoken, is in a more concealed state of reality. Rav Hutner says, Chazal tells Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. Yaakov never died. Yeah, but we're going tomorrow to the Maras Hamach Pela. Are you coming, by the way? You're coming? Very good. Thank you. We're going, if Yaakov is Loi Meis, so what are we going to the Maras Hamach Pela for? Why does Yaakov have a kever? So the Gemara says, no, Mikra Ami Doiresh. I didn't say he didn't die. I darshan a pasuk. Yeah, what's the nafkamino whether you said he died or you darshan a pasuk that he, that he didn't die? The answer is, if you say that he didn't die, then you're going to see him walking down the street. But if you darshan a pasuk that he didn't die, then of course he died in open reality. There's just a hidden, concealed dimension which we don't perceive that Yaakov Avino didn't die. There are different dimensions of Torah and there are different dimensions of reality. And the different dimensions of reality correspond to the different dimensions of the Torah. Today, we have this chutz to visit Ruchayv Ha'ayin Chas. The Strauss Chatzar. And in this Chatzar lived, in 1904, came Ravitzel Petterberg. 1906, Rav Naftali Amsterdam. Born into this Chatzar, was Rav Simcha Zisel Broida, Rashiva of Hebron. What I would like to share with you now is a major offering of Rav Simcha Zisel in the Sefer Samderach, based on this principle of Astakel Ba'iraisa Ubara Alma. You know, we have in Parshas Behaloischa two upside down nuns. And we have two psukim there between the upside-down nuns and 85 letters. And the Gemara wants to know what exactly are these upside-down nuns. And the Gemara basically says that it's to, it's to teach that it's enoiminaseder. It's to teach that it's out of order. It's out of order. And the Gemara says that really what happened were three consecutive Puraniyas. One after another after another. First the, the Puraniyas of Ayisu Mehar Hashem. That Klaiso ran away from Harsinai Ketina Kabarech Mi Beis And then the Puraniyas of the Ched of the Mesoinanim. 
And then the Peronios of the Cheda of the Ha-Safsof. And the Ramban explains that in reality, there were three Peronios that happened back to back to back. They did occur back to back to back. However, the Torah did not want to record it back to back to back. Because if the Torah would have recorded it one after another after another, we would become muchsuk the Peronios. We would have a status quo, a presumptive status that we always sin. So even though it happened three consecutive Averos, the Torah would not record it that way so that we would not be muchsuk the Peronios. So I asked Simcha Zisel, who cares how it's written? But it happened one after another after another. So what if it's not recorded that way? And the answer is as follows. Chazal tells us in the Yalkut Shemoni that the Torah was not given specifically in the year 2448. The Torah existed 1,000 generations before the 26th generation. It's Davar Tzival Elefdar. The Torah existed 974 generations before Briyas HaOilam. And for 974 generations, if you look at number 18, the Rebbe Hashem was Doiresh the Torah, Choyker the Torah, Mitzarev the Torah. And then he said it. Says the Yalkut, Bechol Davar Vidavar Shekava B'Torah. Anything established in the Torah. Imzaz Mimekoimai Kima Kilkel as Kalhailam Kulai. If somebody would move one letter of the Torah out of its place, the entire world would be destroyed. What does that mean? Why would the whole world be destroyed if somebody moved one letter out of its place? So imagine if you were a physicist and you went to a laboratory and you said, you know, I just want to see what's going to happen if I take that electron and I just move it over ever so slightly. You could blow up an entire continent because the atom is the building block of the world. If you tamper with matter on that fundamental level, you could destroy the entire world. It's the same thing with the Torah. The Torah is even more fundamental than an atom. If one letter of the Torah deviated, was moved, one iota to the right or one iota to the left, the entire world would cease to exist. You remember the Gemara in Megillah? The Gemara tells us that Yonasan ben Uziel began to reveal the Targum. What's the Lashon of the Gemara? Ben Eretz Yisrael the entire world shook. Whatever part of the Torah should be revealed, must be revealed. Whatever part of the Torah is concealed, must be concealed. Reality is not what happens. Reality is what it says in the document. If it exists in the document, it exists in reality. If it's not in the document, it does not exist. Says Reb Simchazisa. Esav was looking all over for Yaakov Avinu. And guess where he checked first? He checked the Yeshiva Shemba Eber. And he went to Yaakov's seat, right over there. And he looked at the seat. But Yaakov wasn't in the seat. Why is he not in the seat? Because the Torah spliced out of the document that Yaakov was learning. We could figure out he was learning. We could infer that he was learning. We could be medayik that he was learning. But if it's taken out of the architectural plans, it is not perceivable by Ene Basar Adam that Yaakov was learning. And therefore Esav couldn't find him. So how did Yaakov hide? By being so beloved HaKadosh Baruch that the Rebbe was willing to change the text of the document to hide that Yaakov was learning. And now it is no longer nicker by Ene Basar Adam. And you could have been alive in the year. We're going back now, a little bit before your time. Avram Avinu was born in 1948. So now Tarach is 140 years later. So we're a little bit, you know, in the year 2100. And uh, you're looking out with your binoculars at your friend Tarach's house. And you think you see Avram Avinu leaving Tarach's house. So you knock on Tarach's door. 
And Tara says, yes, what's going on? And you're wondering, why would Terach's son leave an aging father? And you're about to criticize Avram Avinu. But it doesn't dawn on you that Avram left a living Terach. Why not? Because the Torah says Terach died. And therefore it is not perceivable in an open reality the life of Terach to those who are alive and interacting with him at that time. Who says that? Istakel ba'iraisa ubara alma. If it's not in the text, you can't see it, you can't recognize it, you can't perceive it. Says of Simchazisa. And Rivka Yimenu died. So why doesn't anybody criticize her at the Levaya? Because nobody even knows she died. You know, the Ramban goes so far as to say that nobody came to her funeral. Yaakov didn't come. Esav didn't come. Says the Ramban, Halima misasa, and Halima misasa, it is not recognizable that she died. So let's come back to the best question you ever heard. So you're, back, you're sitting there, sitting there at the table, they're discussing the Shidduch, and Eliezer's on one side, and Lavan and Basuel are on the other side, and all of a sudden, Basuel gently keels over. Does anybody scream? Hey, Hatzalah, revive him! No. Why not? How does the conversation continue business as usual? Because the Torah does not say that Basuel died. It says, Vayan Achiha Ve'ima. And therefore, to the Ene Basavadam, to the human psyche, as difficult as it might sound, that that's what occurred. This is the Yisrael of the Zara Kadosh. If it's removed from the open text, it's not perceivable by Ene Basavadam. But by the way, it's more than what it says and what it doesn't say. It's also about when you say it. What's it? Tay Monday? Yesterday we were in by the foot of Har HaKarmel. And you have there the Kvura of some of the Bali HaToysis. You have Reb Shimshon Mishans. You know that Reb Shimshon Mishans was the third greatest of all the Rishainim. Who is the greatest of all the Rishainim? What? Rabbeinu Tam. Yeah, people listen to the Shuram. Very good. Rabbeinu Tam was the greatest of all the Rishainim. The Rush says that. Ferish. God the Bechachim of Aminim. We call it Rishainim. Who's number two? The Rihazakim. Says the Rush. Who's number three? Reb Shimshon of Shans. Rubam Kekulam of Toysus is Banoi and Reb Shimshon Mishans. He wrote the Perish on Zeroim and Taras. And came out all the Toysus and Amusad on, on his Yusaydais. Buried next to Rabbi Shimshim Shams is Rabbi Chil of Paris. Rabbi Chil of Paris was forced to debate Nicholas Danan when there were accusations against the Talmud. And they burned the Talmud in 1240. They burned 24 cartloads of Talmud. So they made a Sheilas Chaloim. Why is it happening? So it was said in a Sheilas Chalayim, it was happening, Da Gezeira Soiraisa, Zois Chukas Atoira, Da Gezeira So they made a Tainus every Friday Parshas Chukas, says the Magen Avram, Yoim HaParsha Goyreim. The fact that you read Chukas the next day was Goyreim, a Gezeira against the Torah the day before. So it's not just what it says in the document affects and changes reality. It's when the document is read, affects and changes reality. The Chayz of Lublin says that every time you read Parshas Boy, there's a Ha'ara of Pesach, because since it talks about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, it creates a Ha'ara of Pesach. And when you read about Matan Torah, there's a Ha'ara of Shuas. That's why it's suggested that on Tisha B'Av, what do we lay on Tisha B'Av morning? Kisoy Banim. What parsha is that? Boaz Hanan. But that's the parsha of that week. Exactly. Because if you would lay in any other parsha on Tisha B'av, let's say you would lay in parsha's Bereshis, then on parsha's Bereshis, there would be a horror of Tisha B'av. 
And we don't want to have another ha'ara of, tish, of Tishvav. Sanchin Gazel was masaking to read Ba'eschanan on Tishvav, because anyway that's the week of Ba'eschanan. So when something is read in the Torah, affects what happens that time of the year. And if it's not in the Torah, that means it's not programmed into creation. You ready for this? Haman min ha minayin. Esther min ha minayin. Mardachai min ha minayin. The Gemara wants to know, Purim had to happen. Purim was a decree, says of Shlomo Kulga, against Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael would be destroyed. But there'll always be Klal Yisrael. So if there'll always be Klal Yisrael, there has to be a Purim. So therefore... Hamar menat Torah, the Gemara doesn't ask, but Mardachai menat Torah, Esther menat Torah, because there has to be a Purim. Because it was a Gzera against the physical entity of Klaisa. But says of Shlomakluger, there didn't have to be a Hanukkah. Didn't have to be a Hanukkah? Yeah, that's right. What caused Hanukkah? What caused Hanukkah? The Bach writes, they were Nisrashel Ba'avoida. What does it mean, Nisrashel Ba'avoida? They came to Shul, but they came a little late. Now in Eretz Yisrael, nobody would ever think of bringing a phone into a Beis HaKnesses. In Eretz Yisrael, there's no such thing. And in America, probably, there's also no such thing. But there are other planets, maybe, in the, in the, in the Milky Way, where people might think of bringing a phone into the Beis HaKnesses. But then they remembered. That's why the Yavanim came and shut down the Beis HaMikdash. Because Yavanim Shalom said, you're more interested in something else other than tefillah? Close it down. I don't want it at all. That's what happened by Hanukkah. They came to the Beis HaMikdash. They were just Nisrashel in the Avoid on the Beis HaMikdash. They were, they were interested in tefillah, but they were also interested in their phone. So Hashem said, if you're also interested in the phone, just take the phone and look at your phone. But I'm not giving you the Beis HaMikdash. Chanukah did not have to happen. Because we brought it on ourselves, says Rav Shalom Klogar. And since we brought it on ourselves, it didn't have to happen. And it's up to us to get it back. It's our achrayis to get it back. And we might get it back. And we might not get it back. And it's up to us, the Bach writes, to be nischazek ba'avoidah, and then we'll get it back. But Hanukkah was not programmed into the Bria. And therefore there's no remez to Hanukkah and the Torah. We were the ones who are nisrashel ba'avoidah, and we're the ones who will be mechazek ba'avoidah. And it was totally up to us. Every other miracle was part of the program. Hanukkah was created by the Jewish people. And therefore, says of Shlomo Kluger, by the miracle of Hanukkah, he says, by every other miracle, Tanai Hisna HaKadosh Baruch Hu So it's, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did a miracle, Teshua Gedolo Porkan, Miyamim Mikedem. But Hanukkah is Teshua Gedolo Uporkan, it happened today. It was never decided before. It happened on that day. The Rebbe said, you want it? You create the miracle. That's the fundamental difference between Hanukkah and Purim. <coughs> this is all based on the Yisoyed. To the level that something is kosov, the chosum and the Torah, to that level, something exists in the open reality. To the level that it's not written openly, it doesn't exist. Purim was a foregone conclusion. Haman menat Torah, Mardachai menat Torah, Esther menat Torah. But Hanukkah was loy nitenli kasev, says Rav It could not be written down. It was something that was created by Klal Yisrael. And because of that, it's Yeshua Gedolo Ufurkan Kayer Mazan. So says of Simcha Zisel, the next time you open up a Chumash, 
and you read the words, first of all, how careful you have to be with every detail and minutia of halacha and the words of the Torah and the words of Chazal. Because if you move it one iota, mekalkel kol ha'olam kulai. But we also see something very great about the Avais HaKadoshim. If Chazal say that if one detail of the Chumash, if it would move out of place, the whole world would be destroyed, think about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did to save the life of Yaakov Avinu. The Yibam was willing to tamper with the text just to protect Yaakov Avinu from Esav. Think about how chaviv the Avais were to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how chaviv Yaakov Avinu was to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the Yibam was willing to change the text just to protect Yaakov Avinu. Vayetzei Yaakov mi Bershava, vayilecharana, vayishkav, vamokei mahu, there he slept. But the Yudalet Shana, Nishiva Shem Ve'ever, loishachav balayla. This is the great matana that Kadesh Baruch Hu gave us, and through our limud atayra, then says Arachaim Hakadosh Koy Omar Boiracha Yaakov. Literally, the pasuk means, "So says your Creator, Kama Yaakov." But the Arachaim Hakadosh says it means Koy Omar Boiracha Yaakov, who creates the world. Who affects the world? Who controls the happenings of the world? Klal Yisrael, who is Loimei Torah. That through this blueprint that is given, that is Nimsar to Klal Yisrael, we control the destiny of the world. Not everything that happens is pre-programmed into the Torah. There are certain things that were Nimsar to us. That's the, the miracle of Hanukkah. May we be Zoycha to be able to access the great Kayach and the great Kedusha and the great energy of Taraseno HaKadosha. We should be zoichet to all Berchus HaToyra, Oyrech Yom and Bimina, Smail Oyesh V'Chavoy, Adenoi Oyzlam O'Yitain, Adenoi Barech Zamoi V'Hashalonim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.